0: Yeah, I'm not the only. I'm the only one that is super disappointed when I get up to preach because I enjoy the fellowship so much. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, not the piano!" is breaking up this uh, nice time. We, it's, it's a blessing to be able to pray together and, and to, uh, to uh, just, you know, usually uh, sometimes when you get into the, the more private groups, then you can also share other uh, prayer requests that you haven't said to everybody. So uh, I enjoy that time. We're in Philippians chapter four again tonight. Last week we started talking about. Uh, this uh, idea of, of loving your co-laborers. And uh, I wanted to talk about five attitudes to be aware of, and we only got through two, so we're going to get the rest of them tonight and uh, or at least talk about these different things. I wanted to just mention, I guess most or some or most of you were there, but we had a really good fireworks outreach this year. We had the best, uh, I, I think it was the highest attended by our church family ever, and uh, so we had a, a lot of people here. there from church. And then we had a really good contact. So we had two families committed to come to VBS uh, because the uh, Felts had put together uh, VBS packets. And so we gave them out uh, with the hot dogs and waters and all that. So it was a good night. I enjoyed that. I'm, I'm grateful for the investment people put into that. Philippians uh, chapter 4.
1: Uh, God's made
0: each one of us differently. Uh, with different talents, different personality, but he commands us to labor together. And uh, when there is strife within the body of believers, uh, the vehicle that's empowered by the Spirit of God can become immobilized. The tires can fall off. Okay, So uh, we want to make sure that that continues good. And so Paul writes some things here. I want to read again uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 1. Therefore my beloved, my dearly Start over, therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Iodias and, be, and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement, also and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Father, I pray you'd help us now in the next few minutes we have together here as we uh, look to what your word has to say about us. In Jesus' name, amen. So the five attitudes we need to be aware of, and I'm going to go fast here because I thought we will get the next three in here real quick. Uh, He starts out with love, okay? That's important, amen? Uh, We had our discipleship lesson tonight before service, and uh, one of the, we were talking about this a- idea of love. Paul, I can't remember exactly the exact way he said the verse, but uh, all these other things he said, the primary word that we need to be concerned with is love. It's the kind of agape love here that's used to describe God's love for us. Uh, one of the most amazing facts of the Bible is that God would love people that never will love him back. Uh, Christ died for us uh, before we came to him. Amen. Uh, so, uh, Paul wanted to assure the Philippians they were his dearly beloved. He didn't just love them; he loved them dearly. And uh, so I wanted to—I wanted to just recognize that he started out with that. So we—we we, uh, first one we talked about is beware of an undermining spirit. Uh, my joy and crown, he said. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. There is something in our nature that makes us uh, just that, that tends to be critical of others. Um, the, it's just a natural thing. Have you ever sat and what they call people watched? It's hard to people watch without being critical. Have you ever noticed that? You don't typically stand there and brag on everybody who walks by, do you? Uh, we tend to find things, it's, it's just a natural thing uh, for us to be critical to other people. Uh, it's easy to understand why lost people argue and criticize. They have nothing in common, but those of us who are serving the Lord in a local church ought to be uh, complimentary and uh, helpful of each other. We ought to have unity. We should be careful of an undermining spirit. We must be in tune with Christ if we want to be in harmony with each other also. So beware of an undermining spirit. The second one we talked about is beware of an upset spirit. Look at verse 2. I beseech Iodias and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. We mentioned last week again, can you imagine how awesome it would be if the church got a letter from the Apostle Paul? I still not because of the Apostle Paul. But I still go to the mailbox with some expectation almost every day when I get the mail because you just never know what you might get uh, at a church. And uh, let me just tell you, unfortunately, rarely is it anything really good. All right? Missionary letters come by email. So don't get very many missionary letters in the mail. Um, there's, very, there's, there's maybe, I think, one family that sends a check once a month. Um, there are two families that send a check once a month. But other than that, um, there's uh, some real self-described prophets out there who are not a part of any local church, but they uh, have taken upon themselves to to get every pastor in America in line, and so they send long, flowery letters telling us our problems. And uh, uh, so, but but here they got a letter from the Apostle Paul, and the excitement would be as they gathered to read it, and then he got to. This chapter, well, it wasn't chapters originally, but they got this part of the letter. I beseech Iodius and beseech Syntyche. Imagine how they felt uh, being mentioned, but they weren't mentioned in a good way. He's basically telling them, hey, you gals, you need to get along. Okay, You need to get along with each other. And uh, the Spirit of God is grieved when an upset spirit prevails. We don't know what the problem was, but there was some kind of problem. And so we need to be careful of an upset spirit. Now, that's where we ended last time. Uh, we want to begin tonight with, beware of an unappreciative spirit. Verse 3, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, with the other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. I think Paul here is cautioning Christians not to forget what others have done for them. Be Don't be unappreciative. Pride and contention can cause us to become Ungrateful. D.L. Moody said, be careful for nothing, be prayerful for everything, be thankful for anything. We need to beware in the church, in our personal lives, not to have an unappreciative spirit. We can get that way very quickly, uh, especially when we, are, uh, when we have pain in our life, or when we have uh, bad circumstances in our life, or whatever the case might be. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, in Christ Jesus concerning you. Romans chapter 1 describes what happens to a person, or a nation for that matter, who turns their back on God. The end of that chapter lists all the hideous sins that follows. And then he says in verse 32 of Romans 1, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. The journey of sin may be long or short, but the destination is always the same. It is death. Where does that journey begin with? Well, way before he said that, that they are on the way to death there, the way of death, they have pleasure in them that do them. He said, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Read Romans chapter 1. That's how it started. They started with not being thankful. They started with not glorifying God. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse until it's really bad off. God blesses our lives, yet we fail to acknowledge Him. Uh, God blesses our church. My goodness, has God not blessed our church? Amen? Really has. I mean, not with, not, not only uh, with, with financially, but with people, with good, uh, good people. Wonderful pastor. I'm just kidding. Uh, I have a hard time, hard time. Nobody else was saying, and I figured somebody would speak up, and then I just, uh, but wonderful people, and uh, it, it is a blessing. He has blessed, w- but we tend to be unappreciative if we're not careful. It's very easy to pick the, the negatives out, and, and uh, in our families as well, we can do the same thing, and we, let's beware of an unappreciative spirit. If we develop an unappreciative spirit, we begin that trip towards destruction, Every day for the child of God, we should be thankful. Psalm 50, verse 23, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. We know we're supposed to bring glory to the Lord. How do we do that? Whoso offereth praise. Lord, thank you. We ought to be thankful. Uh, We ought to be daily thankful. Isn't that why we were created? To bring glory to him? That's why we were made. So now, how does this affect our serving together? You're saying, we're talking about the fact of our co-laboring, and, uh, and then we're talking about not being unappreciative. Well, I think they're definitely connected. If we become unappreciative of each other, we're headed down really another whole pa- separate path of destruction. We need to be appreciative for one another. Every single one of us, like I said in the beginning, we have different gifts, we have different abilities, we have different jobs within the church. Let's be grateful and appreciative of those uh, that do their jobs, we have VBS coming up, and uh, we usually don't have too many issues. Sometimes there's a little bit of uh, skirmishing between the workers, but usually there's uh, we usually have a great, we have a great group of people that come and help and volunteer. Uh, but the the key to that, working together well all the machine, is you appreciate them for doing what they do. You appreciate them for doing what they do, and everybody does their part. Uh, we have ladies that work in the kitchen that do a fantastic job in the kitchen and those that work on the, on the craft table. Uh, neither one of those places I would like to be, okay? And they do a great job there and that's great. They would probably not like to be behind their microphone trying to get kids pumped up and uh, that's what I have to do and, and what uh, the other, another young man helping us this year. And so everybody has a place. Let's be appreciative about it. Be grateful. Uh, you know, every Sunday... You roll up uh, to church here and you see a freshly manicured lawn. Have you, have you noticed that this year? Somebody faithfully comes and does that. Volunteers. You know, we used to have to pay someone. Someone in our church said, I'll do it. And he's faithful. Comes every week and uh, mows that. I don't even have to check anymore. I know he's going to be on top of that. I'm appreciative of that. We need to be appreciative of those that do those type of things. Uh, we walk into a bathroom. It's clean. Somebody had to clean it. And uh, somebody's. Uh, I spend more time on my knees cleaning this carpet than I probably do in prayer, I hate to say. But, uh, but you know, someone has to keep these things going. Somebody's in the sound room. Now, we notice when it goes bad, right? But even when it goes good, somebody's making those things work. Let's be appreciative of it. Uh, if we are uh, appreciative of one another and thankful for one another as we serve together, it's going to really keep grease the wheels and help things be done well. As soon as we become ungrateful, as soon as we become critical, then uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna have some problems. So, beware of an unappreciative spirit. Number four, beware of an unhappy spirit. Now, I thought this was interesting. According to a Gallup poll, 84%, by the way, uh, this was before the pandemic. Uh, this is probably all warped now, so. We are in a mess right now uh, with low approval rating for everything. But uh, 84% of Americans are satisfied with the way things are in their personal life. 14% are dissatisfied. The poll asked respondents to choose very happy, fairly happy, or not happy. 52%, that's a little over half, chose happy. 40% fairly happy. Only 6% say they were very unhappy. 66% of married adults are satisfied with their personal lives, and 45% of unmarried. (laughs) Take that. I was trying to act like they're so much happier. Amen? By the way, we live longer too, married people. That's right. Uh, In terms of personal happiness, 59% of married adults are very happy. 41% of unmarrieds are. Six in ten Americans that attend church every week are very satisfied with their personal lives and very happy. I thought that was interesting. Six in ten The percentages are lower for those who do not go to church. So what does Paul say? He says, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Beware of an unhappy spirit. We need to be rejoicing. Paul declares his theme here, rejoice. Uh, The child of God ought to be joyful. Don't you agree? Shouldn't we be happy, joyful people? Of course things are going to go wrong once in a while. But we should not be the ones out there whining and moping and complaining and chins dragging on the ground. We ought to be joyful people. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 29, "Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee? O people saved by the Lord." Well, you know what we are? We're not Israel, but we're people saved by the Lord. Amen. We ought to be happy. We ought to be joyful. Psalm 143:15, "Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people. Whose God is the Lord? Hey, if you're in the situation where God is your Lord, you should be happy. Is what the Bible says there. Happy Psalm 146.5 Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. Do we? Yes, we do. We ought to be joyful. Success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. And uh, we need to realize that God's people should be joyful people. And I hate to bust the bubble... A lot of them are not. In fact, as a pastor, I have to deal with a lot more grumpy saved people than I do with grumpy unsaved people, unfortunately. It's the way it is. And uh, God's people ought, and by the way, I'm grumpy sometimes. I'm not trying to put it off on other people too. I struggle with that like all of us do. But uh, we may not always be able to rejoice in our circumstances, but we can always rejoice in our resources. Now, here's here's something cool I want to show you from Scripture. In in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about his thorn in the flesh. He wanted it gone because he was tired of that circumstance in his life. He wanted a different set of circumstances. Now, don't miss this, but he found that the resources he wanted came to him through his adverse circumstances. My strength is made perfect in your weakness, the Lord said. So what you want, which is my strength, you're getting through your weakness. So in other words, Paul, if I take away that thorn, there's certain resources you're not going to be able to get from me anymore. That's why Paul said, most gladly, therefore, will I suffer. Because he's, getting, he's thankful for his resources. So he welcomed adverse circumstances in order to obtain more of God's resources. That's a great lesson for us. Whatever your situation today, we should be able to rejoice. Not always for it, but in it, we should always be able to rejoice. It's amazing what praising will do. You ever heard that song before? And that's such a great truth. Uh, praising will help you. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> uh, just smile until it stays there. Amen. I heard you make an ugly face. It stays that way. Uh, Brother Allen knows about that. Let I me mean, just look at him. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Uh, but if you make a, maybe if you smile long enough, maybe it'll stay that way. Amen. Amen. So uh, let's just, let's, uh, let's be a praising people. We ought to be joyful. Beware of the unhappy spirit. And then lastly, beware of an unforgiving spirit. He says here, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. The word moderation here is the idea of forbearance or forgiveness. Uh, it has, it's something we're to exhibit to all men. Now, we have no control, this is a frustrating truth, over other people's actions. I tell people all the time especially in couples counseling there's nothing you can do to change another person. Uh, Mates included and boy we wish we could sometimes but there is nothing you can do to change their heart or to change them. You can pray for them but you can't change another person. You can however change you and you can change your reaction to that person. And so it is often, would you agree with me, our reactions that get us in trouble, uh, and we need to be careful there. Sometimes we assume that uh, receiving forgiveness is our right, but that's not what the Bible says. He, it says that giving forgiveness is our responsibility, and we need to be about that. The attitude, what, when they do me right, then I'll forgive them. That is not biblical. That's devastating, by the way, for any relationship. It's a good thing God didn't have that attitude with us, Amen. Uh, I'm really glad he didn't do that. From the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do when they're driving the nails. All right? He chose to forgive. Many down through the centuries have given their lives to him as a result of his work on the cross. I wonder if we chose to forgive if many of those that are at odds with us would not also return back as well. I've seen it in my life. You probably have too. Uh, forgiveness and then time sometimes heals those things. The weak don't forgive. It takes strength to forgive. Uh, weak people, uh, it, it's, not, it, it's not bragging. I, sometimes you see it on social media and different things. I don't, I don't uh, get angry, I get even, or those type of braggadocious statements about how they, do, they, get, their, uh, they get even with the other people. That's, it's not an attribute of the strong. It's an attribute of the weak. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. It's a hard thing to do. Lack of forgiveness results in a very bad condition for our spiritual lives, Mark 11:26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Uh-oh. Now we, again, we think we deserve forgiveness because after all, it's me. Okay, I deserve forgiveness. But we don't earn our forgiveness by, God's forgiveness, I'm sorry. We don't earn God's forgiveness by forgiving others. That's not what that verse is saying. But it shows we have a humble heart before God. Be strong and be able to forgive. C.S. Lewis says, Everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have somebody to forgive. (laughs) Have you ever been there before? Oh, yes, I love forgiveness until we have to forgive somebody. Then it's not so easy anymore. We win by tenderness. We conquer by forgiveness. Forgiveness allows you to put things behind you. Uh, read. A, I have a, story, a book. I've read it twice. I highly recommend it. It's a wonderful book. It's called Robert E. Lee on Leadership, and uh, talks about him. In, in that <coughs> book, I read about how Robert E. Lee visited a lady in Kentucky, and uh, she was uh, from the South, obviously, and she showed him the remains of a, a splendid, huge, big oak tree in her yard, and it was all distorted. It had been. Uh, some of the limbs had broken off and she was bitter about the fact that the limbs of the trunk had been destroyed by the federal artillery fire. So she looked at General Lee and hoped that he would, or expected that he would condemn the North or at least sympathize with her loss. He looked at the tree and he looked at her and this is what he said, cut it down, my dear madam, and forget it. I thought, man, that's a good, good advice. It's better to forgive the injustices of the past than to allow them to remain. And here's this tree that was reminding her every day of that somebody had done her wrong. And, and uh, I wonder how many times we in our Christian lives we have that, that tree out there that we look at every day. Maybe it's a person or a picture or a thing or something that reminds us. And, and how many of us could apply Lee's wise advice? Cut it down and forget it. We need to do that. Beware of an unforgiving spirit there is actually one more I got one minute I'll do it beware of an unexpected spirit he says the Lord is at hand in verse 5 there's nothing that'll cause us to have have a right relationship with others more than knowing Jesus Christ is returning that'll help us some wonder if Christ's promise to return is going to be fulfilled you know there's even scripture about that by the way how people say it's been you've been saying it's going to happen and it hasn't happened yet The fact that man scoffs at the return of Christ is actually an indication that the Bible is true, because that's exactly what the Bible says would happen. But we uh, we don't know when he'll come, but we know he will. So often, God's people, we get our eyes off of pleasing God and we get them on petty problems, and that's what this whole uh, challenge was about. That uh, when we do that, God's work suffers. We have to keep our, as as Paul said, keep our eye on the prize. Uh, keep our eye on what's important. And, uh, you know, Tuesday, or, uh, Monday night, yeah, Monday night was the fourth. Brother the West was very, uh, very harsh and critical about my hot dogs. The quality of my hot dogs. Well, we were handing out tracts. That's the important thing, amen? It was about the work. And, of course, we were just having fun. But uh, that can also, really, that can be how some people are for serious. And he wasn't, of course, being serious. But where we're doing a work. We're trying to reach people, or souls, and people are being saved and baptized and added to the church, and somebody gets mad about paint or carpet. You know what I'm saying? That's ridiculous. Let's never be caught up in that at all. Um, when there's contention within the team, the game's lost. It always is. You're not going to have a sports team that has contention within the team that's going to win any games, at least not any championships. The same is true within the church. Uh, So we need to heed these warnings. Beware of an undermining spirit. Beware of an upset spirit, an unappreciative spirit, an unhappy spirit, an unforgiving spirit, an unexpecting spirit. You see all this here in this chapter, so let's beware of those. Father, thank you for these... uh,